Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is Amets. I'm B Pimp. And B Pimp, guess what episode this is? Twenty. Number. <laughs> okay, now guess. The big two O. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's not a number they like to give out. No, it's not. And you can tell after 20 episodes, we haven't lost any of our timing. Nope. <laughs> it's impeccable. Yeah. But uh, the other important thing coming up is football. And for us, that would be fantasy football, because who cares about the real thing? How are you feeling about your team this year? Um, on the night of the draft, I was feeling ecstatic. And then at every day that's gone by, I feel less confident. Oh, what's happened? I don't know. I just... I. I was in the process of moving to a house during the whole lead up to the draft. So I didn't do much research this year. Right. And you thought moving into a house was more important than picking your fantasy team. I, yeah, my priorities were really Mm -hmm. out of whack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, I I think I'm going to be all right, but I made some, uh, what I would call excessively risky decisions that might blow up in my face. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to do a couple of those at least. Otherwise, I mean, you have nothing to brag about at the end. I mean, if your picks just went how they were supposed to go, then I feel like that's no skill involved. It might as well have been like a computer doing it. Right. Uh, that's what do you, true. What do you feel like is your riskiest pick? So I took three wide receivers to start the draft off, which is fine because we have a PPR league with three wide receiver spots. Mm-hmm. But then I waited to take a running back until like the fifth round, I think, and I took all rookies the first three. That <laughs> can pay off. You never know. Yeah, my strategy was, like, running backs, they tend to ride the young running backs because they're fresh. Yeah. And they get the most work, and they're usually the most athletic. But they also could get punished with, like, if they fumble or something, the coach is going to be like, hey, rookie, go sit down. You you fumbled. We're teaching you a lesson. So they don't have, like, that that cred built up yet. Yeah, that kind of leeway. I kind of went the opposite with my running backs. I have, like, big old running backs, like Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I have Eddie Lacy. I have like running backs most people definitely think are past their prime. But they have good touchdown potential. True. And I'm kind of like, I'm on board with being like a big Marshawn Lynch fan again. I mean, he plays for the Raiders, which I live four miles away from the stadium. Um, I kind of hope to go to a game. There's still, they're cheap for NFL tickets, but they're still kind of expensive. Yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders of Oakland. Yeah, I don't know if it's, like, <laughs> two more years in Oakland before they go to Vegas or one. I need to look that up. It's so weird. That's going to be strange. I know that they were in L.A. for a while, so it's not like they're a long – they're not, like, a permanent Oakland institution. But right. when you think of the Raiders, you think of Oakland. Right. And going to Las Vegas especially is very strange to That's me. very weird. And it's, like, also disappointing that Oakland is essentially losing their basketball team to San Francisco. Yeah. So it's actually, yeah, kind of bad for you the city. Be, you, I would say you have to become a big athletics fan, but you're a Mariners fan, so that's impossible. Right. No, that's hard. But I do, I mean, I went to an athletics game, so that was fun. I mean, it's like an interesting place to be because no one goes. It feels like a minor league, going to a minor league game. Not in terms Are of you? like quality of play, but just like the atmosphere being like so, like nothing. It's kind of great. I was going to say, are you doing advertising for the athletics with this big sell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you can go for almost no money. Like, the concessions, while obviously expensive, 
are not as bad as most baseball stadiums. Like, I think a beer is $10, but last time I went to, like, Wrigley, I think a beer was, like, 14 or something. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah. And definitely at the Giants Stadium, it's, like, in that ballpark of price no ranges. Yeah. <laughs> was Billy Bean there when you went? I didn't see him, but if he was there, I think I could have spotted him. He's, like, sitting by himself. At yeah. The <laughs> Soaking in the, the enjoyment What is happening team. to our team? Yeah. But, um... Yeah, no, my team, in general, I don't have enough Seahawks on them. I only have five this year, and I'm used to having, like, seven or eight at least. I feel disappointed that I did not get the Seahawks defense. Yeah, that was an upset. And I didn't get Jimmy Graham, which is pretty disappointing, too. I, like, suffered through a season where Jimmy Graham was, like, not used at all. And I drafted him that year early. And then... Now it looks like he is starting to be used in the offense, and I missed him. Yep. And didn't you get – you didn't get the kicker, did you? I did. Oh, uh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's Matt Walsh. I, I'm not even sure who it is. It's not Hauschka anymore. Oh, it's Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh. Yeah, sorry, not Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh is, is – did you plan that? He's a member of a, a famed sketch group. Yes, UCB. That brings up the fact that for today's episode, we are doing – top five sketch TV shows, which for me, it was like, there's only so many I would consider, like maybe 12, 10 to 12. But then once it came to narrowing it down, I found it very difficult. Yeah. And I had to make some tough calls between like personal preference and knowing what like some of the classics are. Yeah, I think I lean towards, personally, I lean towards going with my favorites, especially with ordering. Yeah. Because I think I think you could get, like, a consensus list from people if you just think about longevity, quality, you know, cast members, writing quality. Like, if you just, if you went with factors, you could come up with a pretty ironclad list. You know, there'd be some wiggle room for, like, different tastes, but so that's why I just went with, you know, like, my favorite groups, or my favorite shows. No, totally. I even feel like I was switching my order right up until we started recording, and I'm not positive. I won't, like, once we get to it, switch it a little bit more. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. You'll never know. Unless, you know, I say which ones I switched. Yeah, which is possible. Right. Then it would just require, like, listening. (laughs) Uh, So why don't you tell them what whiskey you have for today? Okay, so we're continuing the Journeyman series. Um, Delightful. It's basically an unintentional um, string of their whiskeys that I'm trying. But this is another hand hand numbered, you know, hoity toity batch thirty bottle three hundred three. This is the last feather rye whiskey. Hmm. Um, it's handmade and organic, of course, from their distillery. This is ninety proof. This is a this one looks more um, traditional, like the color is more what you would expect. Yeah. When you see a whiskey, because they like they had a white whiskey that we um, oh that's right reviewed. yeah so they make some interesting ones but um, this one is pretty straightforward it looks like just their version of a rye um, I'm looking at the label it's kind of interesting it's kosher so if you're a um, observing the you know the the Jewish faith you can drink this that's good to um, so for all of our Jewish whiskey heads out there. Go ahead and get yourself some Journeyman Distillery. <laughs> Last feather ride. Well, you got to try it before you actually recommend it. 
I don't care how kosher it is. Yeah, let's let's do that. That's a good idea. So yeah. for now, tentatively, I'm endorsing it <laughs> because it's, it's a viable option. It. <sighs> I'm drinking it uh, neat today. Ooh, very nice. I've heard and that is. Uh, what is the verdict? Is it smooth, or does it get the boot? You know what? I was going into it with the intention of giving this the boot no matter what it tasted like. <laughs> because I'm so sick of saying everything is smooth, but it's smooth. Ah, damn, another one. I can't do it. It's really good. Even, like, I'm not used to, I haven't been drinking whiskey neat recently. I've been, you know, having ice with it. Mm -hmm. But it's still, it was so, I mean, it just went down really smooth. It's got a, it's got a very, um, it's like a traditional rye, which is... It's not as, um, like, if you think, if you compare whiskey to, you know, if you think of, like, the common ones, like Jack Daniels, uh, you know, traditional bourbon, mm -hmm. where it's got, like, that sweet character, and rye's got the dry, dryness to it, and this is, like, a perfect version of it. Nice. Well, if it makes you feel any better, for the next whiskey session, I think I have, like, a little thing of wild turkey. So there's, there's boot potential in there. Ooh, boot potential. Yeah. I don't want to oversell it. I don't remember the last time I've had wild turkey. Maybe it's actually good. But there's yeah, I potential. Remember. I, I, I've heard good things about it, but I guess the, the verdict on this one is I wasn't overstepping my bounds to all the Jewish listeners. You can go ahead and get this kosher yes. whiskey because it is good. Well, that is good to know. So, yeah, why don't we get into our top five then? This is our top five sketch group TV shows. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, what is your number five? My number five, it pains me to put this at number five. I know I say that a lot, but this really is a hard list to make like you were talking about. Really hard list. It's one of my favorite shows, not just sketch shows, but shows of all time. It's The Kids in the Hole. Oh, yeah. Which is, I mean... Honestly, one of the shows, it's very weird, but I watched it at a young age. And if, and going back and rewatching it now, I see like why I'm such a weirdo. Um, <laughs> because I watched some like strange shows as a young kid and their sense of humor was very, uh, it's very hard to peg down. Like they were, they were one of the first mainstream shows where like, if there was a female character, they would hire female actresses, but they would a lot of times play like a serious drag approach to the characters where they, they would dress up and it wasn't like over the top, like, you know, the SNL where Chris Farley and Adam Sandler and David Spade were like the, at the mall as, as women, right? They were like, like over the top caricatures, Monty Python. Yeah. This was like, they were just trying to play like a woman. Like it was, you know, Dave Foley playing a woman. And it was just <laughs> like, it, it's just a straight, like it's an interesting show. They had a lot of um, kind of subversive humor and a lot of like really dark, um, but if you go back and watch it, it's like, I was watching this when I was like 10 years old because they would play reruns on, on Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I could have possibly understood like what they were going for, but I just, no. I just enjoyed it. And then as I got older, I kept looking for like weirder and weirder comedy. I think that started me on that path. That's interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know that I've seen any kids in the hall in like over 10 years, which is like a shame and I need to go back and revisit it. Yeah, it was on CISO, which was a big plus for me of getting that. So I got to watch a lot of those. Yeah, see like my first like I first knew Dave Foley from actually news radio. 
Right. And so I didn't know uh, until after I'd seen a little bit of that show that this is how we like, you know, came up in terms of TV shows. But he's because he's pretty actually like straight laced in news radio. Yeah. He played a lot of characters like that as he went as his career went on, but his the earlier stuff they did was really crazy. Yeah. All right, my number five is Chappelle's show. All right. I went through like number three, four, five, into honorable mention like constantly. I I really enjoyed Chappelle's show. I don't know that I loved it as much as everybody else, but it's hard to deny like just how good of a show it was. I also just loved like the way that the musical acts were integrated. Although I thought it was always pretty funny that like Dave was. Uh, like often in the scene with the musicians, oh yeah, I like just like that. nodding his head or something like that. <laughs> yeah, wasn't most Stefan one or something, and he was like standing there, just like next to him. Yeah, like as he was rapping, just chilling. He's like gotta be in the scene. Yeah, but it's funny. It's like, a great show. I have that later on my list. Spoiler alert! But uh, that's. I'm going to save a little bit for them, but I can't. I mean, it's got to be on there. I feel like you made the right decision by putting it on your, on your list. Good. Yeah, I, uh, it's a shame it didn't run longer, although I, I, maybe it was like a natural endpoint for it. I'm not sure like what a bunch of seasons of that show would have looked like. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I, was, I was upset at the time because I was a big fan of it, but at, mm-hmm. the, at the same, you know, when I heard his reasoning for, for leaving and then, thought about like what you said there, you know, like what else could they have done? Like it was a short, it was like a burst of just something that was fresh and like on point at the time. And I don't know if it would have gone on for 10 years. Like what could they have done? Yeah. I feel like it was known. I think it was consistently really funny, but it was known for like kind of the bigger sketches, like the Tyrone Bigsby or the Rick James episode, or like it kind of had it's like seminal moments the black white supremacist. Uh, yeah. That was like the first episode too, I think. Yeah, that was amazing. No, that was really good. But yeah, so that's my number five. What's your number four? My number four is SCTV. Oh shit. Nice. Which, um, once again, I'm not gonna keep saying it, but like I could put any of like any of these I'm a huge fan of sketch comedy. So anything on this list and even like all the ones I've included in my honorable mentions are some of my favorite shows. So SCTV is something that my parents were a fan of because it was originally out in like the late seventies and early eighties and then you see, and then it originated from Canada. Which um, is funny because it's like second city TV, but it's the Canadian troupe. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's weird, but they were all like the main stars of it. Like John Candy, Joe Flaherty, you know, Eugene Levy, Rick Moranis, Catherine Dave O'Hara. Thomas. Dave Thomas, Andrew, Andrea Martin, like they were all Canadian, yeah, uh, or most of them were. So, like, it makes sense. But it was it, that show, like the combination of something that they did that actually is oddly similar to Chappelle's shows. They would have the musical guests in sketches, or they would incorporate them playing into like the story arc of the episodes. Um, and they had hour long episodes, and sometimes hour and a half, because like similar to SNL. So they had a lot of room to to flesh things out and they rarely would do like some episodes were up were more sketch based where like you think of it where there's, there's a shorter sketch and then they're not all related. But a lot of times it was, everything was related in the whole episode. Yeah. So it would like run into each other. 
And it's still to this day, like I have three of the seasons on on DVD and I still regularly will go back and watch them because they're, they hold up. Like I laugh some of the, some things in that show have made me laugh harder than any other, like anything else that I could possibly think of. Just some of the characters they come up with and it's, it's an amazing show. Well, and I feel like, and not, but I might as well just keep going because SCTV is also my number four. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like that kind of, because they did do those kind of like sketches that ran together with some frequency. I, I like don't really know what was what years because I didn't see anything in order uh, when I was watching it. Like that seems like that was a, like maybe an early influence for Mr. Show and how those would run together. It spawned like my favorite, one of my favorite comedies of all time, Strange Brew. Oh god, that movie is so good. Yeah. I think you're spot on about Mr. Show because I bet if you talk to either Bob Odenkirk or David Cross, they would have they would have been fans of that. And I know like Conan O'Brien was a huge fan of them and he um, he hosted like a panel where they got together in the nineties and like revisited some of the stuff um, and his show when he was on NBC after Leno, and when I used to watch it in like my early teens he was doing Conan used to be doing some of the stuff like it had the same sensibility to me as what SCTV was Mm -hmm. and just in a late night format versus, you know, rather than a sketch comedy. So I I think you can see a thread coming from that group. Yeah. That show had a hell of a cast. Yeah. All right. What's your, uh, number three? Well, my number three is Chappelle show. Hey, there you go. A lot of overlap so far. Yeah. I mean, Chappelle show to me, like is, we talked about some of it. I'm not going to go on too long, but just, I feel like they were, they did things that not only get caught on in like the lexicon of just like common parlance, like people picked up phrases and, you know, like it became so well known that you could just talk to anybody about it and they would know what you're talking about. And I think that's a, for those kind of shows, especially being like a comedy central show, which wasn't it on like Wednesday nights at like nine thirty or something. Yeah, you know, like it's it's not like it's a Saturday night where everyone's going to be either either the people are out or people are at home. They're going to watch SNL, you know, like it wasn't one of those things. It's like you had to be a fan of it. And and, it, and maybe it's because of like the age range that we were in. But it just seems like it was so pervasive and because it was so well written and performed. I think um, it was that pervasive or they wouldn't have offered him that much money. Right. I mean, I don't know what the ratings were, but they had to have been pretty damn good. Oh, yeah, they had to be doing great. And I know that they would struggle. Comedy Central has always, like, had a hard time finding shows to fill certain time slots because they would use to. You remember, like, after South Park, they would have, like, That's My Bush or, like, those weird... Oh, yeah, they've gone through, like, a billion shows. Like, Prank Acres. They would always have, like, these shows they were trying to get to catch on, and then that was one that everybody just bought into and really enjoyed. Yeah. Crank Acres. Man, I forgot about that show. Yeah, crank calls. Who who would? That's a gold mine. <laughs> crank calls with puppets. Yep. Great. What's next on your list? All right, my number three is in living color. Ooh. Yeah, this was. I thought this show because I started watching it like really young. Maybe not exactly when it came out, but pretty much. I think it started in like ninety. I want to say. Like, probably ran from, like, so. 90 to 94. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I remember watching it as a really young kid, and it, it it works definitely for younger audiences. Like, there's a lot of physical humor in it. 
But like to think about how many, I mean, never mind just like all the Wayans family and basically it kind of like boosting that whole family up, but like also starting the career of Jim Carrey uh, and Jamie Foxx. And I mean, those are two big ones, but like, and then like David Alan Greer and it's, I can't believe, like, that show went through also, like, just, like, a hilarious amount of, like, turmoil, even in, like, the four or five seasons that actually existed. Like, I was reading a little bit about how, like, the network executives were, like, putting some pressure on the Wayans family, and then the Wayans family, I guess, all dropped out after season four, and it still ran for one more season, and then was canceled. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. I mean, I remember the two, probably the first two seasons the best. Uh, And then I know, like, Jamie Foxx came on for, like, the third season and I think the fourth season, and those were pretty good, too. But then I don't remember this, like, mysterious, like, fifth season that was, like, the ugly stepchild. Yeah, it's always funny when the shows have, like, that kind of tail end where it's not the same and, you know, like, people don't even recognize it. But the other good thing is, like, did you mention J-Lo? Oh, yeah, and J-Lo being a fly girl. The fly girl, yeah. And, like, wasn't Rosie Perez the choreographer or something? Which is ridiculous. I don't even know if she ever was a choreographer. I just know that if you look up Rosie Perez Soul Train and you see her dancing on Soul Train, it's one of the greatest things ever because she (laughs) is, like, losing her mind on that show. Nice. And there's, like, a compilation that's out there. It's so great. No, the vibe of that show I just thought was so damn cool. And I love the yeah, theme song, too. I think it's got probably the best theme song. Yeah, it's great. I, yeah. I did not put it on my list. It's in my honorable mentions because even though I have strong memories from it, I feel like I didn't watch as much of it as a lot of the ones I included. So that was like my – that was the one that I was really – it was really hard for me to leave off. Did you ever see the show that Fox kind of tried to replace it with like the next year, House of Buggin? Uh, no. I think I, it sounds familiar, but I don't think I watched it. It, it. it ran for not even probably a full season, but it was like uh, John Leguizamo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember I, much I remember about that, it. actually. Other than thinking it like wasn't that funny. I don't know. I think that was around when The Pest came out, and I loved that movie. Yeah, some people really love that movie. <laughs> it's terrible, but I loved it. <laughs> it's funny, too, because John Leguizamo is a legit really good actor. I know. Which is odd. He seems so manic. He was good at John Wick. Yeah, he was. I haven't seen John Wick 2 yet. Neither have I. I blew it on that. Yeah. I need to get on that. One of these days. All right, what is your number two? My number two is, surprisingly, Saturday Night Live. Whoa. Controversy. So, I feel 100% confident in my number one, so I'm not worried about it, but... I feel 100% confident that I know what your number one is, but go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, you do. But number two, being a number two, I mean, like, the only reason it's number two is because of how much I love my number one, because it's been on, I mean, if you think about how long Saturday Night Live has been on and how consistently it's been good, I know there's been stretches where it's been terrible, Mm -hmm. but it survived those stretches. And even when it was in those terrible stretches, like, it was still better than a lot of shows that are on TV. Oh, yeah. And that just goes to show, like, this concept and this idea and the people behind it. And and for most of the years, like, a strong writing group and a strong cast. 
even if even in the years when it's lean, like there's always somebody to carry it. Like that to me is impressive that they were able they've been able to do that for so long. I don't know that I really can say anything new and exciting about SNL. We've covered it before. Like everybody, if you know about it, if you care about it, you know like what you like and what you don't like. But just the fact that it's it's still going, like it's it, there's no end in sight, really. I mean, it's got that. That's like you're known if you're if it's ten thirty in Central, eleven thirty East Coast, whatever. Like you're watching it for sure. Well, and I also feel like no other show, you know, because SNL started so strong and like was you know, so unique when it came out that all subsequent seasons have had like a certain weight of expectations that no other show has had. Yeah. Like it's so easy to say like, Oh, this was better back in my day or this is like, like, you would never say that about another show. It's kind of, it's almost a miracle that it's lasted this long. Yeah. And it's, and it's, that, that's very true. Plus there, what there, ha- there's like a period of that show that everybody could attach themselves to. Like if you like, really broad or physical comedy you're gonna like a certain cast and you're gonna like a certain stretch of seasons if you like political comedy you're gonna like when al franken was on there if you like you know whatever if you if anything you like about comedy you're gonna find a segment of that show's run that you attach yourself to so then you're always gonna be looking even just on an individual basis people are gonna be looking for that going forward so it's got a lot of it's always got a lot that it's going up against, but it is such a strong, like, and it's, it's got the cachet of like big stars will go there. To oh, yeah. So that helps. But yeah, it's a great, great show. All right. Well, my number two is Mr. Show. And I think Mr. Show has given me like some of the most, like just laugh out loud sketches of all time. And I do love that they tend to move through them pretty quickly. But just, like, the the video of Bob Odenkirk doing trick pull shots, I find <laughs> so fucking funny. Van Hammersley? Yeah. <laughs> I would have, before we go on this path, I'm going to say this is my number one, which you know is obvious. Right. Um, just so that we can talk about it. But yes. you're absolutely correct. Van Hammersley, like, <laughs> Heath and I will go back and watch that because it's... He's doing trick, fake trick pool shots and like trying to have it be like teaching you like a GED course on video. So he like hits the double decker bus accident of nineteen seventeen and he just hits the ball. It makes no sense. You know what's funny though? Like we suck so bad at pool, like Maggie and I, that I really think even me trying to shoot something like a video like that would have taken a while. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, but it's, it's like. like but it's that perfect, like, they nailed the note of it. Like, they could have gone too far the other way. Like, all the shots are easy, but it's not, like, insanely easy. Like, they just hit that, like, right note. Yeah, they made him ridiculous. Like, he'll just set up two pool cues and just roll a ball down them. Yeah. Which is not a shot. <laughs> Nor is it anything that'll ever happen in a game of pool, but he's just like, here, this is what's going to happen. It's this one. I feel like, because I love this show so much, um... I may call this, like, my favorite show period of all time. I think it's the single biggest influence on my brain as far as, like, what I think is funny and Mm -hmm. comedy in general because I just – I love everything about it. But there's some things that stand out. Like, one of my favorite things, I think it was the first or second episode when they do that uh, sketch where David Cross goes into the gas station to get change for a dollar. And then he had, like, the manager has to call – 
like up the ladder and they get all the way to the president to like see if they can get changed for a dollar. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. That's like, it's like the formula of a sketch and they just take these absurd ideas and make them hilarious. And, and they're, I, I love that show. I love when they're like on the road basketball scouts too. <laughs> when they're scouting like the toddlers. <laughs> yeah. But they do it. They film it in like such a perfect, like, it feels like this documentary, you know, you take it serious and you show the hard times, like, like an actual documentary I would watch, but it's like so, so good the way they do that. Yeah. And he's like, he stops, he sees a pregnant lady and he stops and he's like, can I listen to your belly? It's <laughs> a good crossover. And she's yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was great. I love, I also love, uh, when they did, um, there was like, there was an episode where a thread went through it, where it was like a talent agency and it's a little throwaway thing, but Jay Johnston plays Herky Jerky, the, uh, or no, I forget his name was something, the Herky Jerky dancer. And he, they just show him like, I think it's like Choo Choo, the Herky Jerky dancer. And they just show him doing this stupid, like dance for like two seconds. And just that one thing like sticks out of my mind. I like, I die laughing the first time I saw that. And every subsequent time I've seen it, it's no less funny to me. Yeah. It was really tightly put together. Let's see. All right, so my number one, probably not unexpectedly, is Saturday Night Live. And Did I you think, come close to having anything topple it? I thought about it. It was like once I, I, I went into writing the list thinking I did want to have something topple it, but I couldn't justify it. I like I like a lot of Mr. Show, but I couldn't do it. I like a lot of In Living Color, but I couldn't do that. I even thought about like SCTV, but that couldn't do it either. Yeah. It's just, there's no show, I mean, definitely there's no show that I've watched more of. Of course, there is no show that has more of. But um, even episodes I don't think are very good have, like, those, like, couple of sketches maybe towards the end of the show that I think are, like, really funny. There's always just the cast throughout the years, especially when we were doing our, like, top five Saturday Night Live cast members. Yeah. That was, like, impossible to put together. Right. That's true, because there's so much talent that's come out of there. Even, like, writers, like... Oh, yeah. The Lonely Island sketch group, they, like, hired them as writers, and they got to, like, be behind a lot of the stuff that they did, and then they've went on, they've gone on to make varying quality of projects after that. Yeah, I kind of wonder what this... I don't... I haven't heard... I know Bobby Moynihan is not on the cast anymore, because I've seen previews of a, a sitcom that he's in. Yeah. That doesn't look that funny, although I do like Bobby Moynihan a lot. Yeah, I do too. Uh, so hopefully that's good. I don't know. But I haven't seen, like, who's joining the show or anything like that yet. But it's always like that, like, I'm always curious to see that, too. Yeah, like what the cast changes will be and all that. Yeah, and then, like, looking up, like, YouTube clips of, like, the new featured players. Yep. Yep, that's my number one. All right, so that's, we had, between the two of us, Six different shows. <laughs> yep. I think our honorable mentions will be very, uh, there'll be some variation now. Yeah. Well, why don't you start with your honorable mentions? Okay, I'm going to run through mine. Um, I mentioned In Living Color because you had it on your list. Mm -hmm. um, that was hard to leave off, but it was just, it was number six. Um, Upright Citizens Brigade is a great show. It was not on for very long, and it was, it was kind of, I don't know, like, there's things about it, like the highs, like the funniest things were extremely funny, 
but then there were some episodes where I was like just not into it so I, I didn't it didn't make the cut for me, but it's a great show. There's one called The Fast Show, which is a British sketch show, oh. um, where the sh- where the sketches were fast, like everything was short, pretty much like it was rare for them to go over two minutes with a sketch. I like that um, idea. Yeah, and it's great. It's amazing. It was on. It was on in the early '90s. You could find it on. Um, it's probably on BritBox, but you could find it on some st- streaming services. I recommend that show. It's really funny. Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job, is one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was kind of tough to leave off. The reason, the justification for me leaving it off, even though it is one of my favorite, is I almost don't consider it like a strict sketch show. I think it is because they play a lot of characters, and they did have like set pieces, but they were trying to present it like a weird public access channel most of the time, right. so... It almost is more like a avant-garde like concept show to me instead of a sketch show. Um, but it's still, I, I felt like I had to talk about it. And then the last one is The Birthday Boys, which Bob Odenkirk was behind. And that is a Netflix show that was only on for two seasons. I thought it was hilarious. It didn't get like great reviews. Um, I haven't seen that. Up, but have you seen it? I've never seen it, but I actually do want to. I forgot that they were like they were on like some podcast that I like too when that show was on, like, promoting it, and they were funny. Yeah, they're funny, and one of the, uh, Mike Mitchell, one of the birthday boys is on Doughboys, um, oh, okay. he's one of the co-hosts, and he's hilarious, and the whole, the whole show to me is funny, like, it takes, it's, it's the same thing, it's, like, not as high quality as Mr. Show, but it had this, it has a similar kind of sensibility to it, where they were, like, take, they were just, like, doing takedowns of weird, weird concepts, like, I, I watched one today, actually, funnily enough, but, it was, uh, they were talking about how, like, the, the two people who know the Coca-Cola recipe cannot be in the same place at the same time. <laughs> so then they had, like, those two guys are friends, and they're hanging out all the time. They're like, guys, you're going to ruin it. And then they had, like, the two guys who were behind the Pepsi recipe were also friends. And then at the very end, like, Mike Mitchell and this other guy, Tim Kalpakis, come in in, like, these weird outfits, and they're the two that know the secret recipe to tab. And everyone's <laughs> like, no, eh, we don't really care about that. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. you have any other honorable mentions? Nope, that was it. What do you got? Well, I have, yeah, Tim and Eric Awesome Show, Key and Peel, Portlandia. This one was, okay, this one I had on my list originally, but then I just took it off because who was I fooling? I, Monty Python's Flying Circus. Oh, yeah. I just, I haven't watched it enough, and I haven't watched it in a long time. And I know it's like the godfather of them all, but I haven't seen it enough to put it on my list, so I had to leave it off. The Kids in the Hall. Uh, and the state, which it's like I've the state's good, but I've liked every subsequent thing that's come out of that group probably more. Yeah. Like I, Wet Hot American Summer is awesome, and I've actually also liked the shows uh, that have like the well, one of them is a prequel, and this last one, which I'm halfway through, is like ten years later. Like those have been really good. Reno Nine One One was really funny. Like I almost. For a split second, I was like, does Reno 911 kind of count as a sketch show? It almost is. It's so loose. Yeah, it's like a spoof, though. It's like a yeah. mockumentary more than a sketch show. Did you ever see Viva Variety? No, I never did. It was the same group. It was like Michael Ian Black and, and uh, the guys from Reno 911. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Um, and then I wrote down Mad TV, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, James James will be mad at us. It had its he moments. Loves, 
that show, like, I watched it. I'm not going to lie. Like, I did watch it when I was younger. Yeah. And there were things that I found funny on that show, but it's just doesn't hold up for me like if i go back and watch it it was just it's just not as good that's all i can say like people who complain that sometimes saturday night live goes to the well a little bit too often like with certain sketches like i always hated the californians um (laughs) and was like frustrated if that sketch would ever come on mad tv was horrible for that kind of thing yeah like they must have done a stewart episode or sketch like every single episode I know, that was what I liked back then. Yeah, or Stuart. Alex Borstein doing um, the Asian woman. Oh, yeah, Miss Swan. I don't think you could do that sketch anymore. <laughs> oh, no, you could definitely not do that anymore. There was a yeah. lot of stuff on that show that you couldn't do anymore. Yeah. In fact, there was one that Keith and I watched recently that was called That's My White Mama. And <laughs> it was... That was on was, that TV? Yes. It was Deborah Wilson... Uh-huh. Playing like a, she was trying to play like a black teenager, and Artie Lang was her white mother <laughs> who was doing the most, the most offensive like caricature black accent that I've heard since like the worst episodes of All in the Family. Oh, uh, that must have been early on in its run if it was. Artie it was Lang. like the first year. Yeah, and it was unbelievable. She was like go. She was like yelling to, for her to go get her menthols at the corner store. It was like oh Jesus. It was, it, like, if anybody, I recommend people should go watch it just to see, that, like, this was on Fox, like, on Saturday nights. I mean, it's not that, that surprising, I guess, considering, like, when it was in Fox's history, but. Well, because that's the thing, like, right? They had In Living Color, and then that ended, and then they tried House of Bugging, which did not work. And then it was just, like, another year or two before, like, Mad TV started. Yeah. So they were trying to go for edgy. <laughs> Let's see if I have any others. Uh, I think that is it. So yeah, if you have a, a top sketch show that we missed or a favorite that you think we should have put higher, send us an email at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com or hit up our Twitter feed. That's just at Whiskey Sessions. And we will disagree with you happily. We should probably get to our emails because I know we've got a couple in our inbox. So why don't we do that? These are our emails. Sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. Alright, B-Pimp, who has emailed us? Well, this email comes from only signed a concerned citizen. Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah, so get ready. So they said, uh, Dear Whiskey Sessions, I'm very concerned by your affiliation with Attorney General Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. Mm. Is he paying you to get people used to liking things named Sessions? Why are you playing along with this most aggressive arm of the current fascist regime? Oh, boy. He's, because his last name happens to be Sessions, does not mean he's the precursor to every session. No, and you know what? I'm sorry. Like, do, does he not want to make America great again? <laughs> he's got to, and this is the way to do it. It's with podcasts about whiskey. Yeah, and then we will, like, kind of slowly filter in a little bit, a little political thing here. And a little political thing there. Before you know it, um, what was our end plan again? That was that was why I was talking about that's my white mama. That was my oh first, right right right. That was my end road. <laughs> We're testing out our audience. Yeah. See what level of racism they can handle. Yeah, if everybody writes in like I love that sketch, then we know that. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> I guess that's our target audience now. Uh, all right, I got another email from. Oh, let's see. Okay. Dear Whiskey Sessioners, 
Though while I do sometimes enjoy partaking in your show, I found the episode on top music videos to be particularly distasteful. Music videos? Why not top lower back tattoos or top cans of cheese whiz? When will your podcast discuss the finer things such as best operas or finest concertos? Here's hoping you refine your tastes. Best, Stefan from Lincolnwood. Oh boy. This... Is this related to a string of emails we've been getting? <laughs> from Steve from Linwood? Yeah. Because I think Lincolnwood is, like, pretty fancy. Stefan is certainly a fancy name. Yeah. I bet it's his cousin. Yeah. Probably, like, the cousin that doesn't like to visit the south suburbs as much. Exactly. Like, they never see each other because he just, he's too busy drinking brandy. No. Loving the Cubs and whatever else Northsiders like. Smelling his bookcase, which is made of some kind of fine wood. Yeah. Everything in his apartment smells like burgundy. The rich mahogany. Oh, mahogany. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> That's a fine edit I'm going to put in. No, you got to keep it. <laughs> Damn it. Well, you gotta keep it. I think our tastes are not refined enough, is what we're finding. Yeah, we're, we're not in the finer things club. No, not at all. But if you would like to send an email to us please go ahead and do so. We're going to need some for our next episode. So you can reach us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. Or if your email is short enough to send out in a tweet, go ahead and do that. That's at Whiskey Sessions, and we will read them there. So be- don't, waste, don't waste characters by saying, this is not an email, it's a tweet. Because we right. will we'll understand. That's gonna, not only will we get it, but that's going to be like a third of your tweet right there. So, yeah, don't waste, don't waste the, your precious typing time. We'll understand. But we might send you a tweet back just confirming if this is an email and not just a tweet. And then you can write that in the subsequent tweet. That way we have a thread going. Right. Because that's, that's what we need to do. We need to like, kind of establish like, uh, good communication with our listenerships. Like, that's how these, these podcasts that get good ratings do that like the doughboys have like a million things that you can write in for and suggest things and you know we only have emails and most of the time we're insulting the people writing the emails yeah and hollywood handbook had like gmail roulette right uh maybe we should do something like that <laughs> yeah we should do like tweet deck no like uh tweet tweet the bird is attacking me and then that's like angry tweets that we read Yes. No, that is, I'm all for that. We'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to refine some of these things. Uh-huh. Just as Stefan says. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps it up for another episode of Whiskey Sessions. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, catch us again in two weeks when we'll have another awesome episode. But in the meantime, we are signing off. This is A Mets. I'm Beepin. Peace out. Bye, Stefan. Bye.